Welcome everyone to another episode of Hosted. You have your host here, Brandy Whalen. We're going to be flipping the tables today. We're, as you know, this is the podcast that we bring hosts on to talk about their hosting journeys. This is a very meta podcast. And today we have the host of Science of CX, Steve Pappas on the on the line here. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing great. I mean, it's as weird having the tables turned on me, but I'm game for it. I'm 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 an open book and I'll tell you whatever you want to know. <laughs> Are you game for it? I absolutely am. Great. Well, let's just let's start off with you have about 153 episodes published to date, is that correct? Yeah, and probably there's probably another 40 or so that have been recorded. Uh, wow. that'll be scheduled out. So we're we're hitting the 200 mark. Congratulations. Thanks. Are you releasing weekly? We release twice a week, uh, but later in the fall, we're going to be moving to once a week because we're also adding a live stream show too. Excellent. And this is the first time, like, what does that lift look like? I know that podcasting in itself, because I hear you say we, so I think the you team. probably have a team behind yeah. you. So yeah. so what is uh, what kind of lift is this? the live stream transition? You know, part of why I'm moving to live stream is because I like I like the in the moment feel mm -hmm. rather than the pre-recorded feel too. Uh, we're going to continue doing pre-recorded podcasts uh, with guests nonstop, but we're also going to be looking at the live stream as a way of bringing a panel together too. And the reason why we're going to do a panel is because, well, I get probably 300 questions a month that I. Uh, in various areas of business and customer experience and employee experience and things like that. And I answer them, but it dawns on me that I'm answering the questions from a single perspective. I'm not giving the answer with the benefit of a well-rounded mm -hmm. answer. So by having a panel on, we will be attempting to handle some of the more complex questions that come in and giving them to the various folks that we'll have on the panel. So think of like a sports center show on ESPN yeah. where you have a moderator and you've got maybe three, four analysts. You go around the horn, you've got a shot clock, you've got lightning rounds, things like that. But it's more so that we're going to tackle somebody's real problem that they're wrestling with in their business. And by the end of the show and the end of the hour, hopefully we've answered that question with enough different perspectives because each of us comes from a different area of expertise and we've given them the the starting blocks by which they can go off and now have some real effect on their business uh maybe better servicing for their customers make their employees uh happier to be part of the organization etc and that was the goal with the live stream now as far as a lift um every episode takes us quite a bit of energy to get out the door. Mm -hmm. um, when we started, I was doing it all. I was doing the prep. I was doing the pre-calls. I was doing the scheduling, doing the recording, um, doing all the editing, then editing down for audiograms, editing down for uh, all of the things that we use as snippets, the graphics, uh, I had a graphic designer build the templates within Canva, so I was able to then just repurpose them easily uh, and then schedule the promotion, all the social media and that. Now, yes, we kind of grew up and uh, over time we ended up with a, a seven-person team, wow. but they're located all around the world which most podcasters have. Yep. Uh, and there are time differences you're contending with. There are language issues that you contend with. So you find you're explaining what you need more often. And that was probably why we ended up building a new podcasting platform to begin with, was to manage episodes better. And that will come out later on in the fall. But, um, but as far as the live stream, the reason, the main, one of the main reasons beyond answering questions from a, a multi-perspective 
uh, approach is that it's one and done. We're yeah. recording it. It's going out live. You don't have the opportunity to change it. There are going to be mistakes. There are going to be all kinds of issues that show up. Uh, but that's it. It's just real. And there's no prep. There's no rehearsal. There's nothing. It is as raw and real as we could possibly make it. Yes, you probably can edit after the fact to just cut out some of the ahs and ums and stuff. But other than that, it's going to stay as natural as possible. So in the long run, it's actually less work. You think about it. I like this direction. How much are you editing currently? Is this going to be a huge shift for you? So right now we edit, um, we edit only for time. And uh, so we do take out the filler words as much as possible. The ahs, the ums, when a guest might kind of be stuck with their thought a little bit, uh, we just edit those, but that's it. And then uh, from a, from a more engineering perspective, we edit to try and create a similar um, uh, approach for both my voice as well as the guests. Even if they're in an echoey room, even if they're, you know, they have issues, the dogs there, maybe the garbage men just came by, the landscaper shows up, whatever happens. And uh, so we edit for sound quality. Uh, because to us, that's the that's very important to make sure that you have a pleasant sounding experience for your audience. Yeah, absolutely. And and this is this is a, a much different format for you and bringing multiple people on. And will those yep. people be the same every single time? And are you nope. bringing in issues? Is the guest bringing in the issue, the business issue, or is it? crowdsourced and called it's, in or in yep. advance sent to you? It, it's crowdsourced. So um, our listeners always send in. So they go to scienceofcx.com, they hit the contact us button, and they write their questions. And they're not shy about writing questions, writing them often, sending them in. And we're happy to answer those questions. But every once in a while, you get really complex issues. You get real business challenges in there. It's not a simple answer. It's not a few sentence answer. It's something that requires some thought, but it might also require a little more discovery. Mm -hmm. You have to, you kind of have to interview the person a little bit, but those questions are where we're basing a lot of the things that we're doing. Now, what we do is we've got, a pool of a couple of hundred experts. That pool of people that have been on our show are on an email thread. The thread goes out a week prior to when we're going to be recording. And we say, by the way, the next week, we're going to be recording a show about this. If you're game, the first four are in. So that allows us to auto-randomize it mm. uh, much easier and we won't have the same guests on, but we're going to have drastically different guests. We might have somebody that teaches improv and comedy. We might have somebody that, that is a, an award-winning playwright on Broadway that we've, we've talked to before. And then we'll have people that are diving into the science of customer experience and, or the art of it and really get into the weeds and the nuts and bolts. And that's great. Because if we can get a varied group of people, we're going to come up with some really incredible brainstorms at the end of that show. And that's what we'll do. We'll send it out and, you know, people will look at it. They'll get the email and they'll say, yep, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And then once we have that team, we'll just send out and say, okay, we're full for next week. Just listen for the next one. And we'll do that on a weekly basis that randomizes. So what will happen is the people that are interested in talking about that subject or feel they can contribute to that challenge the person has, they're going to jump right on it and uh, jump in. And hopefully this works. Uh, we think we've thought it through, um, <laughs> uh, but I'm sure we're going to learn along the way too. 
<laughs> you absolutely will. And, you know, this kind of brings us to the types of guests that you like to have on your show. And I know that because we've worked with you, the, the KitCaster team, and you put a lot of thought and care into who you bring on to the show and you, and you want to have a conversation before bringing them on for a full length interview. What's your favorite type of guests? Uh, it's a good question because we, we do work tirelessly to make sure that we have the right guests on each season. So maybe I'll back up a little bit. We look at each season as kind of a mini masterclass, if you will, that if you listen to all of the episodes of a season, we will have covered a very wide um, swath of topics that someone would need to have under their belt to really affect better customer experience, better employee experience, and help their business grow and accelerate. Now, to do that, what we normally do is we record, you know, we go out, we find the right people, we record almost half of the season first. Then we take what we call, well, we have episode cards. So we develop an episode card. We have templates built in Canva. And we uh, take these, print out these episode cards, and we've got a big farm table, a 10-foot farm table. So we start laying them out, and we tile this table with the episode cards. We start moving them around a bit. And that allows us to say, okay, well, we can't have two digital marketing experts next to each other. Uh, why don't we follow up this with... And then we start to get a natural progression of that learning experience for the audience. But it also gives us a second thing, a second benefit. We understand where the gaps are and we can go to the market to find the right people, the right experts to fill those gaps. Because you might say, well, gee, you know, we talked about this, but we didn't talk about how the business owner should approach this. And we'll go find the right people. We'll say, okay, who are the best out there? Who, who are the, the authors, the experts uh, that have really uh, dug into this subject that can help our audience? And then we'll go out and we'll invite them in. And we have a great success rate on getting the right people in. We don't necessarily look for the highest level people. We don't look for the people that may be a household name. We look for the people that can teach our audience exactly what they need to do. So in answering your question in a longer and more roundabout way, we look for people that are passionate about passing on their knowledge and their expertise, yeah. that they don't feel like, well, okay, I've got to charge everybody for this because it's all in my head and it's not coming out unless somebody's paying me. We look for people that are open to passing on and being generous with their knowledge and their expertise and their, their pedigree of, of experiences in life that has gotten them to this point. So that's first and foremost. Second, we like people that can, can converse off the cuff, can go with the flow, are open to taking left-hand turns, right-hand turns, and God knows I do that. Uh, I will, we'll go down one path and then all of a sudden we're taking a left-hand turn and we're crossing a bridge and we, we just got on the highway and we're, we're miles down the road. But it's my approach in all of that is I'm channeling my audience. We know our demographics very well. So we know who they are, what they're looking for. We poll them. And I'm always thinking, out of my body when I'm recording, I'm saying, I could just picture someone driving on their commute, they're in their car, and they're yelling at me to answer, to ask another <laughs> question. So I, I'm always trying to channel them. Now, what would my audience be needing right? Oh, yeah, I better ask that question. So I'll go down that path. And we need, a, we need guests that will do it. We need guests that are willing to take that journey with us. So um, that's kind of the the macro of the types of folks we like to have on because it's engaging, it's fun, they're passionate, and that translates to how the audience receives it. And that's important. Not only do we want the guests to have a great experience, but we want to make sure our audience turns around and says, wow, I not only learned a lot, but it was actually a fun listen to, uh, to go through that episode. 
Yeah, you know, it, it is podcasting is that unique medium where if you're if you want to be a guest on a podcast, I th- I think you really do have to have that willingness to share. That willingness to not expect something from sharing your insights with the audience and and opening yourself up for some questions too after the fact. Yeah, you're right. And sometimes I'll ask questions of the guests they didn't expect to be coming at them. And every once in a while, because we're either on Zoom or we're on another medium that we're we're watching, uh, I can see the body language change. Like, oh, they were surprised by that. Um, and then I'll explain why. I say, you know, the reason why I'm asking this is because I can just picture someone hearing this information, having more questions. So let's go down that path, if you don't mind. And then they settle in and they're fine with it. And we'll go down that path. And at the end, they always say, that was a blast. I really had a blast uh, doing that. And I always ask them, was it painful or painless for you? Was it like going to the dentist or... And I'm, of course, I'm leading the witness, so to speak, but uh, they always say they had a blast. Yeah. And, and and something you said too, Steve, that I thought was really interesting is about your your listeners and, and the fact that you really, the way that you direct the conversation is based on what you believe your listener would want you to take it. And you've collected that information, from them. How have you, how are you able to have that understanding of your listeners, your demographic? So we've, we've done a few things, right? Along the way, we, well, I realized that unless I understand the audience that's forming, so even in the beginning, that I didn't know necessarily who the audience was going to be. But based on the content, you start directing who your audience will be made up of. And at that point, I realized fairly early on that we have to direct them to methods for them to show themselves, for them to raise their hand to say, I'm here and I'm listening. I'm, and I'd like to hear more about. So we've uh, always directed them to the website. We've always directed them to our contact us page. We've given them other uh, links for them to, Um, give us their thoughts, areas they would like us to cover, and they do it in multiple ways. I mean, we have a ton of reviews on Apple and all of the other platforms too, and we actually go through them. And you can gain an awful lot of intel by just listening to how either they're saying they love everything or they wish. When the word wish is in there, we know that after that, it's an enhancement request yeah. that they they want us to go down a, another path, and if it makes sense, we will go down that path and we'll we'll satisfy the audience member. But we know um, through multiple methods how our audience is made up, what the demographics look like, what the level of business acumen generally they are, the titles, uh, where they come from, because all of our platforms tend to have uh, heavy analytics attached to them. Mm-hmm. And then we also have analytics on the website that get matched up through a dashboard system. So it is, it is like marketing a business. It, yeah. It's not really that much different. And uh, to understand them well, you've got to rely on technology to know where they're coming from, IP addresses to know whether they're listening from businesses. That'll resolve that, oh, this one's at Cisco, this one's at Apple, this one's at Facebook. You know, you understand where the listener is coming from that when they're listening um, and you know what countries, what parts of the country they're coming from. And we, we look at that we have a meeting monthly on demographics alone and say, you know, are we tracking, how are we tracking well on the demographics? Because it's not just us that are interested in that. It's going to be other parties that will be interested in that down the road. Now we have not taken any sponsors on to this point. um, Mostly because it's not that we don't get pitched. We get pitched every day, but unless it's something I'm willing to, get behind or something I use or things like that, there's not really a need. We're not looking for 
sponsors to have to pay for the show. The, the show is covered. Um, we're looking for sponsors that down the road will make sense with the content. So if they're in customer experience, if they're in employee experience in those areas, whether they're consulting companies or technology companies, it makes sense. The only problem with it is I also think that we have experts in and I don't want any, any, uh, any problems with the experts if the sponsor is a competitor of theirs. Yeah. So we've oh, kind be... of shied away from it. Very problematic. I, I exactly. you know, that's we've had a couple instances of that happening where our our clients go on and there is a sponsor or an affiliate uh, link that just doesn't match what they're right. what they're doing or uh, a complete direct competitor to them. So it is it's a it's it's tricky. It's a tricky area. Um, wondering if you could perhaps share an example of a wish that made sense for you to pivot to a wish to pivot yeah, to. when you're reading the reviews and yep. somebody has, I wish you would do this or would have done that. And you're looking at it. Have you, what have you changed or, or have you made any changes from them? Well, um, we did, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you one that came up very early, very early on, we had a voiceover artist that did our intros and outros. And it sounded like um, a sale was happening. You know, welcome to the science of CX. Your host, <laughs> Steve Pappas, will be with you momentarily. It was, it was just like that. And I'll tell you, we probably had 20 or 30 people comment on it in the reviews. Like, great content once Steve's on, once his guests are on. But man, the intros made me feel like I was going to, you know, bargain basement sales. Um, and we didn't, we didn't think about it early on. And we had those on for a few, uh, few episodes. We pulled them and I did the intros and outros. Yeah. And I, so I changed, but that came right from uh, recognizing something very early on that could have been a bit of a turnoff. You know, and you you have to evolve your show anyway. You evolve everything from the graphics to the intros and outros to the sounds you use to the quality of your mic to the way that you edit uh, for sound quality, things like that. You evolve over time. It, you know, so that was one wish that hit us in the face very early on. And um, there, was a, there was another one that happened, I want to say maybe past... Um, past tw like 20 or 30 that we had done uh, episodes and um and it was gee you know you've you've covered a lot of material about um customer experience and employee experience um but what about digging into the businesses that are run by venture capital companies mm -hmm. or the businesses that are driven by exit strategies. So, you know, if you listened after that, we actually had experts on and I asked those questions. I said, well, how does customer experience differ if you're building a business for the long term? Like you want this to pass on to your kids, right? Versus you've got VC money, you know, and you've got venture capital in that says you've got to exit in three years. Yeah. How does it change how the customer is viewed? Because you can't really serve two masters. You can't serve the VC firm and the customer. You've, you've got to decide who are you serving, right? And uh, so we had some business owners. We had some folks on as well as experts in the field that really kind of helped us turn the corner to covering off things in our shows that weren't always, there was no fluff in our show, but we want to cover things that sometimes really takes the expert back a little bit. And we asked the hard questions. So I think that we evolved a little bit, or I learned how to ask the tougher questions, even though it would raise an eyebrow with the guest a little bit, maybe they weren't prepared for it. They come up with the answers. Um, and, and then we also had people that have asked us about business valuation. How does customer experience change the value of your company? And uh, we 
didn't know where to turn at the time. We said, well, where do we go? Do we go to business brokers? Do we go to VC? I mean, who really will, will value the business if, because some people were looking to sell, I guess. Uh, and this was during the pandemic. We found an expert. Uh, his name was Bharat. And uh, we found an expert and he explained how businesses are really valued for sale or for getting more money. You have yeah. to value your business. And we said, okay, well, let's go look for that. And that came out of, out of customers asking for it or customers, I should say, audience members asking for it. Yeah. I mean, it is, it, it's really interesting how you can take those different directions, but still keeping to your, to your true nature of your show and, and what you're, and what you're bringing to the conversations and who you're involving in those conversations. So um, I don't think there's a lot of people out there that are paying attention to what the listeners are, are wanting. You know, I, 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 I know that that's actually, um, it seems like an, just some that would be incredibly obvious for everyone to take a look at the reviews or start to even have a submission form for feedback. Yep. But I actually like you are the first host that I've had on the show that's talked about the feedback from listeners and then actually giving them what they want from the feedback. And we've never really gone there in previous episodes. So perhaps... Yeah. Perhaps that is something that people do, but it's it's really important because at the end of the day, you know, yes, you you enjoy being a podcast host, you enjoy interviewing interesting people, but you want to pr be providing value to your listeners ultimately. You're you're right on the money, and it's important to understand what your goal is with your podcast. Mm -hmm. Right? Is your is your goal to just talk about the stuff you want to talk about? Or is the goal to really satisfy a listening audience? Now, I would say it's it's heavily weighted to satisfying the listening audience. Because if you want longevity in your podcast, you've got to be thinking about what your goals are. And for me, it's especially since we talk about customer experience, we better be thinking about what a great experience we're giving the listener as well as the guest. Yeah. If you if you think about it, they both go hand in hand. We want the guest to have a great experience, but we want the listener to feel satisfied at the end of each episode that they learn something. They they got content that can help them in their life. That's why we always ask every single guest to give our audience homework assignments. I mean, mm -hmm. we may be one of the few that do it. But we always in our pre-calls, we say, so do you have an exercise that we can explain to the audience that they can go off when they're with their team and their business or whether on their Zoom call with their update call in their team that they can work on something that brings the content to life for them? In other words, it wasn't just static content that went in one ear and out the other. It went in one ear, but then they did an exercise that made it real for them because ultimately if they end up with that problem or that challenge that we talked about in the episode, we want them to know, well, how do you approach getting out of it? How do you approach dealing with it? And if you need, now you've got somebody that you can look them up, go to their website, read their book, whatever, if you want additional information. So it, it makes for a much closer relationship between the listener, the guest, and us. And that's why we do that. And that, that was done right from early on uh, to make it memorable, make each episode live on its own and make each episode memorable. And that's why we tell our guests the same thing. We say, this is your episode. So together, let's promote it. But it's, it's your episode. We want you to be able to help as many of our audience members that have the problem you solve as possible. And you give your guests every tool that they need to share mm -hmm. the episode. How, how does that work for you? So, um, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> that's a loaded question, it, isn't it? it? It's loaded because it's a lot of extra work. Yes. Right? And it's a lot of work, but, um, we like doing it 
the reason we like to do it is because an episode needs to be able to live on its own. If you think about the way people look at episodes when they're listening, they're going down a list and they're kind of looking at the titles. Yeah. And they're saying, oh, that sounds like it'll be interesting. Oh, oh, no, I don't have any need for that, that, or that. But, oh, that one looks interesting, too. Each episode has to compete against every other episode. Each podcast has to compete against every other podcast. But at the micro level, listeners are looking at those things. So we want to make sure that the title is compelling enough and it gives someone an understanding of what the content's going to be. Then when we release an episode, we promote it for about a week and a half. And, um, and then we give the guest all the tools they would need to continue promoting it with their teams. So their marketing department, their social media department, et cetera. So we give them a link to the edited episode. So they get the whole audio file. If they want the video, they can have that too. We just don't store it in the same place. Uh, we give them all the transcript, we give them the edited transcript because a transcript coming out of a podcast is almost unreadable Yep. because we speak differently than we write. So we go back in and we have the transcript edited. Yes, it's, it's somewhat AI editing, but it makes it readable. Mm -hmm. um, and then we give them all the graphics. We even give them the graphics uh, we we do a thank you graphic um, for them. Thanks for being on the show. Big shout out to so-and-so for being on our show. But we also then give them a get what we call a guest feedback graphic that they can post that said, hey, I had a blast on the Science of CX. It was great time, you know, great conversation, et cetera. Um, and then so they have all of that. And then we give them four weeks of tips and tricks afterwards. So there's a, it's a wow. drip campaign that goes out. Um, the minute our, our episode gets released, then they get uh, a, a drop once a week of tips and tricks and other ways that they can further enhance the episode's promotion. And the reason why is because we say we promote for about a week and a half, but you can promote it for the next two years. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a lot of our guests that, on a quarterly basis, every six months, every year, they will re-promote that episode because the content was compelling enough to their audience. And then we notice it, we go in, we retweet, we like, whatever it is necessary. Um, but we'll do that. So, you know, we tell everybody, you're part of our family now. Um, and we're very close to all of our guests. And we want to give them that because they're going to benefit from it. We're going to benefit from it. And the, their audience and our audience will both benefit from that promotion. So we give them all those things. And, you know, it's kind of a digital swag bag, if you will. And then, then there comes a swag bag too, but that's another story. So you do actually a mailing, snail mail swag bag on top of everything that you provide. On the yeah, we do. Front. Yeah, we do. Uh, we do have a thank you program. Um, oh my goodness! It, it, and that goes out. And there's a, a holiday. Uh, we ask for everybody's address so that we can put them on our holiday. As cheesy as it sounds, we just want to say matters, thanks. Yeah, yeah, we want to say thanks. And now we just had a, another bunch of uh, t-shirts uh, uh, printed up. Uh, for Science of CX. And we make sure that when we do all of these things, when we do any of them, notebooks, whatever it is, we make Science of CX so small so that they don't have to like feel bad that they're wearing it or what have you, but we make Science of CX uh, across the chest, but it's small. So it actually looks cool. You got to look, really look at it and say, oh, you know, what is that? Is that a designer shirt? That's a so, really important aspect to to all the swag that you're yeah. that you're giving away is making sure people will actually use it. And when you put your logo front and center and and gigantic <laughs> on a t-shirt, no. That's going to goodwill. Yeah, it's going to goodwill or it's going to be the thing that gets used in the basement when they're working out on the 100%. treadmill. Yeah. And maybe uh, to clean it, the car. Yeah, it has yeah. no val no residual value for anybody except cleaning the car. Right. Yeah. No, that's very smart. It's, I mean, it's, it's all of that that you're putting into the entire experience and getting people to just 
creating more longevity, really, for each one of your episodes, which is really cool the way that you look at it, to to be able to stand on its own. And if anybody wants to just tune in to this one specific episode to learn that one thing that they can clearly yeah. see in the title, and then you're giving it to the guests to share and reshare. And I'm sure every marketing department, especially those who are tasked with managing social media, those assets are a dream come true. Yeah. And we, we'll start doing during the live streams, we're starting to think about the awards that we're going to have, but also we're going to be asking for our guests to write up a small, a short article. And then oh. we're going to package articles together in books. Oh, so that's uh, we're going to allow our guests to kind of co-write books with us. And, uh, and that should be good because then it gives them something else that they can promote, something else we promote. Um, and it, it dri- hopefully drives more audience members into the show to learn more. And the cycle continues. That's really smart. How often do you think you're going to be releasing those books? Um, we are hoping that January will be the first, uh, first one. That'll be a, a compilation book. Uh, we think it, we could go as much as twice a year. That's incredible. I just, I've got two books coming out, so I can't really, I, I don't want to, I want to make sure that we're scheduling these things properly. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it's hard to promote too many things all at the same time. So right, I've got a free them. Yeah, I've got a free ebook coming out in the end of next month and then a proper book coming out uh, early next year. But um, we want to do these compilations because it's important to us. We've sent out all the material, the size, the number of words, all of that um, to folks. And actually, some will probably be getting them uh, next week. But then if they can get them to us by the end of September, we can put them together as quickly as possible. That's incredible. You know, you mentioned before, Steve, that you aren't necessarily after any sort of sponsorship. Yep. So what, you know, and I know that you, you're driving towards creating this experience for your listeners, for yourself and for your guests. Yep. But where does podcasting kind of come into play in your, in your career, what you're doing, your nine to five? Um, that's a good question because, um, as I've, I just exited my last company in October, um, and that gave me the time after exiting, it gave me the time to finish the books and really dive into the podcast and what have you. And starting next month, um, the book that is the download, that is actually a workbook for customer experience. Right. It's, it's all the how-tos, but it's the how-tos, and it's called Simple CX. The reason why we wrote it was to allow customer experience to be visible to every employee of an organization, right? And it doesn't matter what level they are, they're part of the solution, and um, that was the goal there. And what's coming out of that is the follow-on to that is that they can do it themselves, but what we're finding in, in those that have gotten early uh, versions of it, they want us to do and host and facilitate a two-day workshop. Mm-hmm. So we'll be doing these workshops and we'll be doing some master classes um, uh, start, starting October on. And uh, that means that it really kind of everything is becomes an ecosystem, right? That the podcast is the result of a lot of information that we give out through our myself and our content, as well as our experts, the compilation books, the co-authored books will also be part of that. And then the workshops will be the, you know, the final step. And then if people want products or they want technologies and stuff, we also started a sister company called cxstash.com. And that's where 500 different products of technology and, and, um, consulting and certification and even other podcasts are all listed there. And people go there to find what they need for their projects. 
So it's like a database for yep. those who are in CX. Those who are in CX are those that realize that uh, getting a better experience for the customer will result in better things for the business. Yep. So the podcast for you is really a piece of this much bigger ecosystem, kind of all tying back to education, really. Correct. Is yep. educating those who are, are interested and willing. And, and I, I, I really, I, and maybe I actually made a note here because I need to make sure that we get uh, simple CX and everyone in, in my team starts to work through the exercises because yep. you may have a CX department, but it is so important for everyone in the organization to be customer folk, customer centric, right? Correct. And exactly. an employee centric, it's the same, you know, yeah. whether you're on the customer side or the employee side, having that experience is, is so important having yeah. that success. Well, I think that, I think the first quote I make in the book is we're all in sales. We're all in service. Yeah. doesn't matter what we do. We're all part of the sale or the retention, hmm. right? There's only two, there's only really two components in business. You're either in the process of acquiring new customers, which is the sales side, the acquisition side, or you're servicing customers, which means you're on the retention side. There's really only two sides to the coin. If you boil it all down, yes, there are different functions within a business and what have you, but there are things that we do on behalf of the customer and those of us that are dealing directly with the customer. But there's really only two parts of it. But what really prompted me to, and I, I wanted to write this, this book for a long time because I've been involved in CX since I was a kid. Didn't even know what the name was, but I had no choice. All our, all our relatives had businesses. We helped out in everything. We had to deal with customers and learn early on. Um, but the, but the reality is wanting to write this book was because I saw like all the big consulting companies, they would work with the C-suite. So they'd talk to the CEO, the CFO, maybe the COO, and they would make these decisions about a project for CX. But way down at the bottom, the people that have to make the work happen, yeah. the people that do the work, and the people that actually hold the business up and, and make it successful, they had no part of that conversation. They weren't even involved. They didn't even know what happened. All they know is somebody's going to tell them a month or two from now that all the procedures that you were doing, now they're going to be done differently. All the technologies that you were using, now they're going to be different. Oh, and by the way, we're going to be restructuring this and we're going to be changing that because all in the name of becoming more customer centric. What do you think they're going to do? I mean, not consciously, but subconscious they're going to kind of rebel against that. Yeah. They're going to say, well, I wasn't part of this. And what do you mean we have to change it? I know I, I spent so many months learning how to do it this way. Now you want to change. So what happens is you get that subconscious level sabotage that nobody's trying to do it. Mm -hmm. It just, it happens. And those initiatives, those big from top down initiatives fail. It doesn't matter whether it's a CX initiative, an AI initiative, a, a digital transformation initiative, all of them, if you're not involving the people that actually do the work, you run the risk of the doers being the undoing, mm -hmm. right? And I, I've always lived by that adage in all the businesses that I've run and the businesses that I've owned. And I wanted to write it because I said, you've got to involve everybody. So CX has to be top down, bottom up, but mostly outside in. You've got to start yeah. with the customer to be able to work your way back into what you've got to do. And you've got to make sure that the doers, the people that really build the business, they know and they're part of a solution. And then, of course, top down, meaning the executives have to buy in because they're going to have to spend some money probably to make changes. But if you can do top down, bottom up and outside in, now you've got everybody buying into it. You've got natural cheerleaders 
every step of the way and you've got an approach that can that can really survive and thrive and that's why i wanted to write that book because it's it's the way that it should get done and you don't need to bring in a multi-million dollar consulting company to do it i mean most of it is the golden rule and what is common sense how do you want to be treated put yourself in the customer's shoes that's the that's the scenario yeah, no. And it, it's interesting, Steve, how often that little, that aspect, it's not little, it's very huge, is, is overlooked, you know, like the people who are actually doing the the tasks to retain are often not involved in the conversations for whatever strategy is being put forth for customer experience. It's just, it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and customer experience is a living, breathing thing in a business. Mm-hmm. If you go down the path or if you design your business that way, it's it's a forever process. So for it to work, it has to be in the fabric of the business, in the yeah. culture of the business. It's not something that says, oh, and tomorrow we're going to do customer experience. It's got to be part of the design of the future of the business. And that's why I believe that businesses should be able to learn how to do it on their own. That's, it's not mm-hmm. something that you want to be tied to a consultant to do it forever. Yeah. If absolutely. it is a forever project. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Well, I'm super excited to read this book that you have coming out. When is, is the new year in December, January? No, this book, Simple CX, the workbook will be out end of, end of September. Oh, excellent. Right great. around the corner. Well, you're going to have to send it over to me as soon as it comes out and I'll, I'll share it on all the networks. Absolutely. You'll, you'll definitely get it. Don't, don't worry. I'll, I'll, send the, uh, I'll send the soft copy over anyway. Uh, if you want hard copies, just let me know. Okay. That sounds good. Steve, as we wrap up this hour, I was wondering if you might give the listeners, because the listeners are podcast hosts Yep. and my mom. Um, (laughs) if you would give three tips that you've, the things that you've learned over the last couple of years, having the podcast, the whole journey, give three tips to our listeners. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. So I would say the, the first thing in podcasting is you've got to be authentic. Right? You have to approach whatever subject matter you're dealing with, you have, to, you have to approach it from a level of authenticity. Otherwise, the audience won't believe they should be learning from you. Right? And that, that's one of the, you know, that's one of the, the cornerstones of how to, how to move forward. The other tip that I would give is make everything personal. You know, we say, don't make it personal. Well, in this case, make everything personal. It, it should be about you. It should be about your experience. It should be about the failures, the things that, that didn't work as much as the things that did work. So in your podcast, make it personal. I'm not saying you're send, giving out your social security number, but you're making it personal because people relate to the natural approach when they feel that they know you and they get to know you more um, as you as you progress with it and the other thing too is that celebrate everything right celebrate really everything celebrate your your guests celebrate your listeners celebrate the milestones and and don't worry about the numbers don't don't stress over the numbers that, gee, you're only at 100 listeners right now. Well, celebrate it. That, that's something to celebrate. When you get to 200, celebrate again, right? And, you know, as you do that, when you get to your, or even when you get to your 10th episode or your 20th episode, celebrate it. The reason is because most podcasters don't make it past episode 10. So the reality is, is they didn't plan for it. They didn't, they didn't think about all the subject areas. They thought that they'd run out. Um, They, well, they realize how, how much work it is at some point too. But the fact is that you've done something most people can't do. They don't get 
to that number 10. They don't get to that number 20. There are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there that don't get past a small amount of episodes for one reason or another. So enjoy it. Really celebrate it yourself and celebrate it with your, your listeners. So we could go on and on. There are so many tips and tricks I've learned over all these years. But the one thing is just celebrate and have fun with it. That That is amazing advice. Three great tips. And I think that we probably don't celebrate enough just in general. Right. And podcasting is really hard. And I do actually think the statistic is that most folks don't make it past episode eight. Yeah. So if you make it past episode eight, first of all, celebrate a launch, celebrate yeah. episode eight, nine, 10. It's it's cool. And, and you've done something that a lot of people can't do for various right. reasons. So... That's that's really that's really solid advice, and I hope that everyone who's listening takes some time to celebrate their show. Thank you, Steve, so much for coming on Hosted. This has been excellent. I, I thinking about customer experience from the lens of podcasting is seems so obvious because again, it's like it you the customer experience is it's everything you do. It is, it is everything. You're right. <laughs> So why, you know, why would it, why would it stop at podcasting? Uh, it, it shouldn't. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your insight. And I look forward to having you on again. Um, anytime you just let me know, just drop it in my calendar and I'll just show up and we'll talk. <laughs> I've had a great time, Brandy. I really love everything that you guys do. I love dealing with your whole team at Kitcaster. So um, I feel like part of the family already. You are part of the family. And for all of you listening, you should absolutely tune in to Science of CX podcast and stay tuned for some of the exciting things that Steve's going to be putting out into the world over the next couple of months and year. And we'll see you all next time. Thanks again. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hosted, a podcast brought to you by Kitcaster, a podcast booking agency. If you want to find out more about Kitcaster, about Hosted, find us on all of the relevant social channels and tune in to more episodes of Hosted. Take care.